tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. everyone welcome to another episode of transcend with m know her story and with us today we have an amazing empowered and fantastic woman called misha baymeyer farish welcome misha to our show our podcast i am so excited to have you here how you been thank you monica doing great thank you thanks for having me Oh, I cannot wait for this conversation. I mean, we've already been talking for like 40 minutes um, offline, but it's you know, true. We, we needed to have some cash up time, which was great. But we're here to share your story. We're here to share your successes. We're here to share your pain. We're here to share everything that has brought Misha to where she is today. Um, so where do you want to start? Wow. 20 year journey, Monica. That's deep. Um, Um, you know, I love, you know, I really think, um, my story is probably most helpful and most impactful to, um, those moms in, you know, in our world and my journey from, you know, that mom to entrepreneur. And so I think it'd be fun to start, um, when my kiddos started coming around seven years ago. Let's do it. So awesome. what's, the, what's the story there? I mean, today you're experiencing much success. You're extremely happy doing what you want to do, but yes. it isn't always that way. So no. take, us, take us through that journey. Absolutely. So Uh, You know, I've had a 20 year journey that began in sales and marketing, right? Quickly shifted into operational excellence for all of those functions, um, leading into efficiencies and process improvements and eventually landed me into technology. Um, And my experience has been just for our listeners, right? I've built and led sales teams. From the ground up, I've consulted from some of the largest retail brands. I've guided organizations on their digital transformations, which is such a huge focus, no matter what industry you're in. Um, And I've partnered with the world's largest CRM organization for over a decade, as well as being head of technology while disrupting an insurance sector in the U.S. So I've had 
quite a, a plethora of experience. And, but what I really appreciated about the sales is that art of storytelling and is bringing that skill set and creating that emotional connection to the audience in the tech space was what was really important to me. But it's not always, I haven't always been able to do that under my own um, leadership or under my own mantra. My life motto is GSD, get stuff done. Um, or if your kiddos are listening, you can mute me now. And as I say, get shit done in this house. <laughs> yes. And it's um, here. We can say it. Awesome. So, and I brought that to any organization or client that I've had the privilege of working with over the years. But what's been interesting, right, is my approach to life, my GSD attitude, um, my very type A personality hasn't always fit the organizations and the corporate structure that I've been a part of, right? And they love it at the beginning. And then I kind of, um, they kind of, grow weary. And, um, you know, I've had organizations tell me we can't maintain your energy for this long, or we can't maintain your innovation for this long, or we need a break from the, this go get them attitude all the time. And so, you know, as I have moved from being mom um, in a corporate setting to now being an entrepreneur, it's allowed me that opportunity to work with my clients and vendors and ultimately um, serving those end consumers with that constant GSD energy and attitude um, because everybody's needing it at some point. And so I don't have to turn it off. Like some organizations have wanted me to turn it off in the past. How, how was receiving that feedback that you have to turn off who you are? So I, um, I've been, this is such a fun topic for me because what a lot of times people have said things to me that were intended for the negative, right? Um, I have always taken them and said, what can I learn from this? What, how can I turn this into a positive? Right. I believe that any situation in life, there's a lesson to be learned, right? I think any person that's in, come into my life, I can learn from you what to do. I can learn what not to do. Um, I think every situation I can learn something. And so anytime those words were spoken, those actions were acted upon, I was able to evaluate and pause and say, I'm going to take the good out of this, or I'm going to take what was intended and I'm going to turn it around. And so anytime... Um, is anytime I was given that feedback, I was like, this is me, right? One of the favorite songs in our household is from The Greatest Showman. Oh my um, God, this... yes. <laughs> yes, I love and that song. It's, oh, it's amazing. And my daughter and I sing it at the top of our lungs. And what was so, you know, important to me was to be, was to hear those words and say, but this is who I am. This is my personality that I'm a very, um, very energetic, um, very transparent, very vulnerable, very, let's get this shit done. And what you see is what you get. Right. And what that's, um, what that has given me over the years is that 
um, from a professional perspective, you know, uh, the bosses of my life, right? The leaders of my life has, you know, there's times when, oh, you're too bossy or you're too passionate or you're too, um, or it's a weakness because it's a weakness because, you know, you're a female. And if you get too much energy, right, you're all spun up or you're all um, emotional or you need to calm down, right? But however, that personality and that passion, however you want to phrase it, what I've experienced with my colleagues and what I've experienced with my partners and the clients is that they know they're always getting the true me. And it's fostered such a deep trust and fierce loyalty over the years, right? And I think it's um, really important. And I think, unfortunately, women get tagged as if I am a little passionate, if I'm a little louder, if I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm going to use my voice, all of a sudden I'm passionate or bossy or bitchy or spun up or you need to calm down, right? And spoken. Oh, outspoken. My my favorite. I think it's so true everything you were saying because I mean how many times have we walked into the room confident and immediately you are shut down because you you are seen as intimidating because you are just actually showcasing your passion and what you want to do so I think people expect from us to be uh, all like you know yes we can still be caring we can still be subtle but we are who we are. Like we are we not, are. not a lot of us are soft-spoken or are like, you know, these, this, you know, carry these 60s mama caring attitude. It's, you know, we are different. And now we are nowadays, you know, where women are actually making a choice to be everything they want to be career, yes. mom, wife, or not mom, not wife, just career, whatever it yes. is that they're choosing. I think, you know, this whole misconception about how we should be uh, yes. needs to need to start needs to start going and fading away. Um, Agreed. I think, you know, just to just to to, to put this example, uh, I used to many years ago. I used to work at Liberty Mutual and uh, my first job was at the Research Institute for Safety. And that's where I learned how to love insurance. And there was this girl and, you know, she was, uh, she was lesbian and uh, she had tattoos, right? And she was very different, very mm-hmm. different from every other doctor that was there. You know, yep. every other doctor was like white collar, you know, you're white male. Uh, and then there were some amazing, powerful women, but yeah. they weren't seen at the same level as the other guys, right? Yeah. At least from my perspective, what I saw. So when she walked into the room, immediately there was a tag on her about you know how she came off like stronger and like you know she didn't look the same and when she was going to present you know she needed to work harder than the other researchers even though she was brilliant a brilliant woman 
young yes. women, one of the youngest women under, under 30, working with researchers with over 25 years of experience. Wow. And she had to work a lot harder just because the way she was perceived. So, you know, I always like to talk about examples because it's not just about being a woman. It's about everything that we carry with being a woman. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not just because of gender. It's, or, or you know, if you are uh, a lesbian or queer or just, you know, like you can be anything, but just everything that you carry by being born a woman, yes. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's terribly um, shaded with a lot of misconceptions through, through history and years. So I am glad that you were able to break out of that and make it a learning experience because a lot yes. of us usually do a whatever, uh, <laughs> finger up, whatever, and then we just move on. But I'm glad yes. that you took that approach. I'm well, thank you. Yeah, and you know, it's what you say is so true, right? Like for me, I was career, very career focused first yeah. um, and had a very, you know, had a career before I got married. Um, and, you know, being in the South, right, I was considered very old to be getting married at the age of 28, right? Because <laughs> everybody was like, you should be married by now. You should have kids by now. And I remember when I uh, decided to even hyphenate my name, right? That for my, you know, in this area and in this organization was like, you're going to hyphenate. Like, I remember, I remember the office manager coming to me and said, we don't have enough room for your office plate to put your double last name. And I was like, just put it on two lines. And they were like, and then, you know, IT called me and was like, we don't have enough characters in the emails. And it was just so funny to see like, you know, cause I did this uh, you know, almost 11 years ago now. Right. And so even back then they were just like, can't you just pick one? Like all these people were like, can't you just pick one name? Can't you just pick, go with your husband's name? Right. Like at, that was the assumption here in the South. Um, and then when we waited four years before our daughter came, um, and that was like that to everybody, was a shock, right? It was like, why aren't you getting, it's like, it's always like get married and then have kids. It wasn't this idea of, well, I'm going to have a career and I'm going to grow my career and continue with my career even after I'm married. Um, and I think what's so important now that I'm raising a daughter, I have a daughter and a son, but now that I'm raising a daughter, teaching my daughter to have her voice, teaching my daughter to stand her ground. Um, you know, I pull from my daughter's experiences and I share it as I'm coaching and mentoring other women and young men too, in that, you know, um, it's so important to know who you are and be confident in who you are and have that confident assertiveness in who you are. Um, my daughter came home for karate, her very first karate, um, when she was four and she said, mommy, do you know that my voice is my strongest weapon. And her sensei had taught her that on day one of karate. Yeah. And that has stayed with her forever. She's seven now, uh, still doing karate. But she, you know, as a mom of a daughter who loves 
all things, right? She signed up for softball last year. There wasn't enough girls to make the team. They approached us and said, would she feel okay being playing with on, on the baseball team with the boys? And my, oh, my daughter was like, yes, let's do it. Hell yeah, let's do it. And sure enough, she walks out on that pitch and she's, and I said to her, now listen, the boys are going to be a little unsure and a little uneasy, but just kill them with kindness and become their friend and become supportive and be the cheerleader and help each other out. By the end of it, like she was MVP. They loved her. They were like, are you coming back next year? She aged up before all of, before they did. But it's so interesting. And I want to challenge the parents that are listening, right? Is demonstrate the kindness, demonstrate that empowerment. Your kids are listening to your words. Your kids are listening to your interactions, especially in this day and age of COVID and our home offices or home offices, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because what's interesting is that my daughter has come home with things that are being said to her in first grade. And because she played baseball with the boys or she wanted a short haircut like Anna Winter. And this girl came up to her and said, you look like a boy now. And, and my daughter goes, I don't look like a boy. This is a short haircut because I wanted it short because it's a little faster and more efficient with all my sports that I do. And besides, I look like Anna Winter. And the, <laughs> the kid goes, who's Anna That's Winter? So and <laughs> she goes, so you should Google her. <laughs> You know, but you know, our kids are listening to us. My, my daughter has picked up on when I'm encouraging people and empowering people and, um, you know, but then they also pick up on when you're having to deal with adversity and you're having to deal with the not so great things. And so I just, you know, I think it's important for us to be those examples and be, um, because they are watching. And if we are going to, um, raise the next generation of those leaders across our world, right? Um, Let's do so with that forward thinking mind. Um, You know, you talk about the, you know, the sixties and the seventies and what the woman was looked and perceived as, right? We're still, we're still pushing through those glass ceilings, even in 2020, even in 2021, 2022. And so it's a matter of saying, how do we empower that next generation? How do we continue to trailblaze our industries, right? We cover a lot of different industries. Um, and how do we continue to raise our voices and be heard and really em, um, empower those um, that are that are up and coming? Yeah, no, it is, it is it's totally true. And I love, I didn't know this about your daughter. My daughter, Veronica, started Taekwondo when she was four. And I love that. Now, she's now 10. And uh, her master, Master Karen Brown, is actually one of seven women in the world with the degree, uh, the black, black belt degree that she has. I think it's like she's like a seven degree <sighs> black belt or something. That's like amazing. That. Yes. And, uh, she, and she says, if you don't yell, you won't be powerful enough because your voice is your ma- most powerful weapon. That's so right. she actually encourages them. Like basically if they are testing 
and they're oh, not yes. using their voice enough, they don't get the grading and they don't pass just because of that. So I love, I love, love, love that she, um, she learned that because it's, it's made a difference for my daughter. So I know, yes. I know how you must feel when, you know, she comes home all empowered from like, you know, type, you know, just karate on your end, taekwondo on mine. Exactly. Uh, but it is, it is amazing. It is amazing how the mind can benefit from all these little, you know, tricks and, and, and overall behaviors that they are learning uh, when they are little. So totally agree with you that we need to take a, take more responsibility towards, you know, the generation that's growing um, in, in going to be leading in the future. So from corporate to jobs, to learning, to now owning your yes. own consulting firm, other yes. projects in the horizon. So tell me about that transition and that courage that took to get there. Yes. Um, a brokenness is what got me there. If I'm being honest, um, okay. you know, that about I, it. I think so. I think my tolerance of, if I can say that came around the time of my second joining this world. And, um, he was a premature, uh, he was a preemie and surprised us six weeks early and surprised us in an emergency fashion. And, um, but he, you know, when he joined us, it was, uh, I had just completed a massive digital transformation project and um, took my maternity leave with him. I was, I did not take a very long maternity with my daughter, um, but I ended up taking my full time. Um, and I was very grateful and blessed for that time with him, especially given his entry circumstances. And when I returned, Monica, I had been demoted. I had been, um, my office had been moved from an executive floor to a closet. My roles and responsibilities had been taken from me. And as a new mom round two, you can imagine, you know, going into work, having all my things so I could pump and supply for him and having everything organized and getting the two kids to school and daycare. And then to be hit with, great, what, you know, I left four months ago, and now what am I doing? Um, that was really hard. And that's really where my, um, the seed was planted for me of, I um, no longer want to work for people. I no longer want to work for somebody else's dreams and visions of themselves. I'm huge on dreaming big and thinking about, what does that look like for you as a person, as a woman, as a, um, you know, for me, it's insurance, it's technology, right? And at that point was saying, you know, what am I doing here, right? I'm hitting into, you know, I'm, I'm going to be hitting this two decade mile marker. What does that look like? What does my future look like? What do I want my next, what do I want my next half of my life to be? And really, again, what was meant to be a negative turned it into a positive. It gave me a lot of reflection. It gave me a lot of time to think about what I really wanted to do 
It gave me a chance to really hone in on skills. It gave me a chance to dig deep in myself, but it also gave me a chance to dig into um, colleagues and um, those others in the industry. And so I really used that time. And, you know, and then as the world changed with COVID and, you know, was faced with, you know, that a layoff situation and then um, shifting into another role um, was really, again, trying to find how do I make my mark and how do I help shift um, the course of, of a destiny of a company or of an organization or um, and I've always been passionate about um, giving back. And I wanted to start to find a way where I could give back to those communities here and abroad. I wanted to find a way to share my story and share my experiences with others. Um, my husband and I work with our local universities, helping those new college kids come out of their universities and helping prep them for the real world. And so again, just trying to find what that looked like. And, you know, um, again, another, another stepping stone through another corporate setting. Um, and, but at the end of that year, which for me was a burnout year, we did a lot in a very short amount of time, was really faced with, okay, I could do this again. I could find another corporate that I'm trying to align to my vision. I'm trying to align to my personal mission. I'm trying to align to my personal values and, um, or I just build my own and I can establish the values and I can establish the mission and we can, as a company, give back to our communities. And so etymology was born and, um, you know, etymology, the name is what spoke to the name and the meaning of the name is what spoke to me more than anything. And, um, you know, etymology, um, there's a Greek, there's a Greek meaning and there's a Latin meaning and a lot, essentially it's all about redefining and finding out who you are and figuring out the meaning in life and the meaning in what you're doing. And so to be able to do that and be able to establish my mission and my values, and then immediately from day one, um, a portion of all of our revenues go back into our communities um, was really important to me. But it, all of a sudden, the work that I was putting in, the time that I sacrificed away from my family, away from my kids, um, is still towards our my goal and our family's goal. And but being able to have that um, makes it so much worthwhile. And you know, it's I wasn't sure how my I wasn't sure what my especially my daughter being seven, right? She, you know, but she said. And she said, mommy, I love that you work because you're a hardworking mommy, but I want you to be a happy working mommy. And right now you're not happy and I want you to be happy again. And that to me, Monica was like, whoa, here I was. I had a great job. I had this amazing opportunity. I, the team that I worked with, it didn't, you know, it had a lot of challenges and uh, a lot of growing opportunities and a lot of negatives that I turned into positives. 
but again, they're watching. And my daughter was like, I love that you work. Um, I don't love that you work 20 hour days, but I love that you work. Um, but I want you to be happy working. And so when I decided to start etymology and I sat her down and I said, all right, we're going to have a little bit of a transition and a little bit of a change. She said to me, she goes, are you going to be happy in this new job? And I said, yes, I'm going to be happy because now this is mommy's company, right? This is mommy's company. And I think that if you can't find those organizations in your career that empower you, that encourage you, that give you that voice, that give you that platform. I think this generation of us or so many of us are like, great, let's just go out and do our own thing. Um, and that's okay. And so now what you have is you have entrepreneurship is, an, is in a record growth um, and you have people that are saying, you know what, um, I can't find what I'm looking for. I can't find the alignment. So I'm going to create my own. And I think it's really important for, I think it's really important for our different industries. I think it's really important for our um, global um, economics. And, but more importantly, people are finding their voice and people are yeah. finding their fact that, you know what? I don't have to stay in the 30-year job uh, that our parents did and that our grandparents did. We can, um, if we can't find that fulfillment, we're going to go out and create it for ourselves. Yeah. And it's so, so nerve-breaking, right? Because we have these rules, apparently, that, oh, you cannot leave a job if, unless you have like three to five years in it, because then that will look bad in your resume. Nobody right. cares about that anymore. No. Nope. Um, you know, as far as you can come to the table showing that, that you're all in, that you can do the job, that you can definitely perform, and that you have the attitude and the aptitude to get it done, I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's been a game changer. Like for me, yes. you know, I've been going through a big transition in the past few months, and I dragged a decision to like, do I, am I really prepared to go on my own? Because I've never been on my own. You know, am I ready to give up my six figure salary to start over? What is the people going to think about me just leaving a job and now leaving another job and now starting my own stuff? Like those are all, you know, presets that we already have due to the society that we have lived in. Right. And it affects our decision making and sometimes we prohibit ourselves from I agree. becoming that person that you should be just because we're too worried about everything else, everybody else except for us. And it's so true. You, you, we have to take action because our kids are watching. I, I still need to do a better job about being more present at home. I... I have this bad habit where like I have one or two good months where I'm like, yay, great. And then I fall into the same behavior on like going all in 15, 18 hours a day, you know, of work. So I still have some work to do on that, but we are all works in progress. Aren't yeah, we? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all work in progress and we want to get shit done. Right. We do. So, we do. Um, 
so I think, you know, but overall, the level of happiness, it's there, mm -hmm. even though you're working, as much as you're working, or, you know, dedicating now, it's not the nine to five. Now it's like 24 hours, you're kind of like, this is your thing, right? Yes. Um, but it's something that you're working for you. And you don't yes. mind, at least, at least what I have discovered is that I don't mind it because Correct. I love it. Yes. And as far as you love it, I think it's okay because yes. 15 hours don't feel like 15 hours unless Agreed. you just crash on a Friday and sleep <laughs> for 14 hours straight, which I did like a couple of weeks ago. Um, honestly, that's it's super pause here. I crashed on a Friday. I was feeling so tired and I didn't woke up until Saturday night. And I was like, what the heck just happened? Like a whole day just passed and I had no idea. And my husband was so good. He was like, let your mom sleep, whatever she said. He took care of everything that day. I was like, I should do this more often. <laughs> anyway. A sleep, a sleep retreat. <laughs> oh my God. At least once a quarter. That's a good thing. Yes. Um, no, but it's so true, right? I think, I think the holidays are always that constant reminder of, pause yeah. and be present and then and then quickly you go into these resolutions and um you know on my blog I actually was just I was just sharing some thoughts about this of why do we think that we can only be present at the holidays why can't right. we be present yeah. all the time right why can't we find those moments throughout our weeks and our months and our quarters right, right. Um, and then two, why do we have to look at resolutions at only the beginning of the year? We can start a, we can start a resolution at any point, middle of the week, um, yeah. first of the month or middle of the month, whatever it is, we can find those times where we can say, you know what, I'm going to pause. I'm going to course correct. I'm going to take stock and I'm going to repivot myself and I'm going to now relaunch. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as a, a project manager for many, many years, having that agility mindset, mm -hmm. um, is so important. Right. And, you know, um, and they're starting to teach it at such a young age, right? Like mm -hmm. daughter comes home from school and she's like, mom, I learned a new move. And she does her little like up and down, up and down. Yeah. I was like, what's this move? And she's like, if my teacher does this, it means everybody needs to chill out, take a breath and go with the flow. <laughs> I was like, that's oh amazing. Are you kidding? I know, I'm right? I'm going to do that. So and for those so, that are not seeing us, we are doing like waves with our arms. We are. So this little wave snakes. with our arms. Chill out, people. Chill the so F out. I tried it on a client. It was amazing. Ah. They were like, what are you doing? And I was like, we all just need to take a pause. Yeah. We need to take a breath and we need to chill. We need to go with the flow. And yeah. they were like, that's amazing. Um, and, but I, I you it. know, I think that's, part of it, right? Whether you're in the corporate setting, and I know so many parents that are working parents that are in that corporate setting, and it works. They have found that alignment. They found that team. They found that boss or that leader yeah. that allows them to be them, allows them to have that voice, which is amazing. But then there's a lot of others that have gone out on their own and branched out on their own. Mm -hmm. And so wherever they're at in their journey, it's just being present and, and um, 
being and keeping in mind that sometimes we need a resolution in our minds. You know, I loved what you said about, you know, the resume approach, right. Um, is, uh, you know, it used to be like, oh, you got to have three to five years before you can move on to the next thing right now. And now it's very common to see one to two years. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. not, um, that's not a shift. That's not a change. You know, one of the other things that, my personal story is that I only have, I don't have a college degree. I only have a little bit of college. Um, it wasn't purposeful. It's just how life happened. And, you know, it's been, and so I've worked very hard and, but where my career has taken me has been, um, perseverance and work. But, you know, what was so interesting, especially in those early days of my career was mm-hmm. people wouldn't t- even talk to me unless I had had the college degree. So I really had to work on getting my foot in the door and having, um, having that voice and that confidence to say, no, like you should talk to me. I'm really yeah. good at this. Right. Yeah. And, I ended up having to uh, go with the route of a recruiter because I needed somebody that had that credibility, somebody that these organizations would speak to. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's now happened is, you know, I have, you know, now 20 years later, right, I have a ton of experience. I don't have the degree. And, but what's happening is, is now things have shifted, I think, especially on the U.S. side is that you have these kids that are graduating with no experience, right? And then they struggle to find the job. Um, I, I think the European side, and you know, I, I know this because my mom is from Wales, is they do a much better job of the work alongside the experience. The, uh, it's the work, it's the experience, as well as the education. Um, and I think that's a big that was a huge thing for me to overcome. Right. And it's so funny because I'll be in these conversations with people and it's like, oh, well, where's your master's from? Or where's your, where's your undergrad from? Or, you know, it's a lot of those old school discussions. Right. And it's like, I don't have a college degree. And they're like, but you're speaking on that stage and you're, yeah head of this, your head of this department, or you're up, you know, you're speaking to this, you're on a board, right? Whatever, wherever my situation is, everybody, a lot of those um, older generations, a lot of those more senior generations go, oh, well, you must have gotten a degree or you must have had higher education. Not to say I didn't want it. It's just how life happened. But I think, you know, I didn't let it stop me. I didn't let it um, stop the momentum or, or stop my drive or stop my personality. And I just had to work through, I just had to get there a little different and I had to work a little harder and, but I had to really work through people's perceptions and I had to really push through you're perceiving, you're perceiving that I am not intelligent because I don't have right. a piece of paper. You're perceiving right. that I don't have the know-how because I don't have this college education. Right. Um, my recruiter has shared with me over the years. She said, I used to tell, she says, I used to tell, not even send your resume. I used to say to people, I have a person I want you to meet and I want you to meet them on a full verbal cue first. And then I will send you her resume. 
And then I will send you her credentials. And that's how she got me into some of those first opportunities over the years was she wouldn't even send them what they wanted to see first because she goes, if they're not going to even look at you, they're not even going to speak to you. And so I think that shift has happened as well. But for those of you that are, you know, in the throes of university, I encourage you to get the experience, that work experience through internships or however you can do it. For those of you that are late bloomers like me and went and didn't get that college opportunity, right? Keep going, keep fighting, keep, keep working hard and um, you'll get there as well. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it is extremely important to kind of develop both at the same time. Yes. Uh, because so many doors, unfortunately, close because of it. Uh, yes. And there are some of us that actually like to mold people without experience, but then yes. there are some technical jobs that you definitely need it. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I will definitely, you know, and if you don't believe in college, that's fine get certified on something that you like to do. Like exactly. you, don't to, you don't really need to go to college either. Like you now can have 700 certifications online as far as you know how to do it, right? Yes. And practice it. So this world has become a total different, you know, totally different opportunity for everybody. So to, to finish, right? Like to, to like wrap up our conversation, what message of empowerment do you have for women out there today that might see themselves in, you know, a, a little bit of a limbo on their career path or, you know, might be thinking of starting their own, might be thinking that they don't fit, might be thinking that, you know, maybe this is not for me. Like, what message of empowerment do you have for them today? I want them to hear. Um, And I hope that my story that they've been able to pull um, some nuggets of encouragement, some nuggets of hope. um, And I want them to hear that you're not alone, Um, that I want them to hear that we there are those of us that have walked the path. um, And there are those of us that have survived and we have seen the other side. I think. Um, as someone who lives out my GSD daily, my get shit done attitude daily, I think my, um, parting thoughts are, you must remember that you are worthy. You must remember that you are enough, right? This is me. This is you, however you are. And um, I love what Meg McKean says from Adjunct Advisors. She says, no is a complete sentence. And I always add on to her, I say, without apology, right? If you say no, stop there and don't apologize. Sorry. Or, you know, that whole thought of like, well, I have to apologize for saying no, no, no is a full sentence, right? And we can do so without apology. And I think that even as you navigate those negative situations or those negative comments, because we all face them, as you face those journeys on those organizations or those people in your life, don't let their opinions define you. 
right? Always hold on to who you are and don't let their opinions change you, right? So many times um, that's just, that's what it is. It's, it's their opinion and you have to be strong. You have to be, um, you have, you need to have done enough work in yourself to have that confident assertiveness to say, this is who I am. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be passionate. Um, I'm going to get shit done. And that's okay. Whatever you are, whoever you that person is, be that. And that's what the world needs is so many times is, you know, we need to um, we need to hear their voices, right? That's how we continue to break those glass ceilings. Um, but I think so many times our society and our circumstances just continue to kind of quiet our voices. And we as women have to remember that our voice is our strongest weapon and the world needs to hear you. And um, I think Monica, you would agree that you and I want to hear them. And I hope that that message, um, you know, I hope that message resonates. I love, and I'll just close with this. I love um, the poem that Amanda Gorman wrote, The Hill We Climb. And the one that stands out for me is for there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Mm, Thank you so much, Monica, for having me today. Oh, thank you for being here. This was amazing. And this is not the last. We are, we have other surprises coming up this year. We do. Um, we have, you know, Misha has a podcast too, which you can, you can find out. You want to tell everybody where they can find you, Misha? Um, check, keep a, keep an eye out at etymologyconsulting.com and more information to come. Fantastic. And then also we want you all to support our friends at Insure Equality, which Misha and I are on the board of directors. So don't forget to also take a look at that. If you're in the insurance industry, you definitely need to, you know, look out for that. If you need any type of, you know, uh, consulting with Misha, make sure you reach out to her. And, you know, overall, we just hope that this story today has brought you a little bit of, you know, light into your day. Because I'm pumped. I don't know you, but I am. And I'm so excited. Let's GSD it, girl. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your words. And let's keep crushing it because we are going to achieve amazing things in 2020. Life is meant to be fun. You're not hurting anyone. Nobody loses. Let the music make you free. Be what you want to be. Make no excuses. I appreciate you listening today. Remember that it is your reaction to adversity, no adversity itself, that determines how your life story will develop. Now it is the time to do something meaningful and impactful with your story. Help empower others or empower yourself to break that glass ceiling that holds you back. Don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani, and I cannot wait to see you transcend.